Hello. Thank you for tuning in to The MedVets. My brother and I created this platform to spread the power of optimism and education with simple conversation. Our only goal is to inspire healthier communities by connecting people and stories. Thanks for listening. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Note to our listeners, due to social distancing restrictions, today's episode may sound different. The MedVets appreciate your understanding. Thanks for joining us today. Just give us a brief background about who you are, what you do, and, and how did you get there? You know, I'm originally uh, b- born in, into a, to a family. My dad was in the military from a young age. I was born in North Carolina and then... I lived in several places, Texas, Maryland, Virginia. All my former education really was in Maryland. <clears throat> so I grew up late elementary school, middle school, and high school in, in Frederick, Maryland. And then I went to the military academy, majored in operations research, and also I played varsity football and did also track and field two years up there. After graduating from there, I commissioned to the, to the military and to the Army as a second lieutenant in the field artillery. And I served field artillery for 11 years, tours to Afghanistan and Iraq. Got injured on one of my tours to to Afghanistan and kind of had to work through that mental health and post-traumatic stress and working through that. And that kind of gave me a love for counseling and mental health and got my master's in that and currently working on my doctorate in, in mind, brain, and teaching to, to incorporate the two. Open up a counseling center over about four years ago. It's in Belton, Texas, Insight counseling center and i have a satellite office also in georgetown texas i've been working in that space and also in consulting with businesses working with their mental health and particularly uh with leaders has kind of been my focus in trauma football you're a big football fan you are you a cowboys fan nah man nah i'm not from, I'm not from texas <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> i know keith because keith he's a big he's a big eagles fan Oh, see, I, I mean, I like the Eagles, you know, <laughs> up on the Redskins, man. But I, I had some family that played with the with the Raiders and other stuff, so I, I like the Raiders. Kind of growing up. Okay. Not not a fan of the Dallas at all. <laughs> nah, I can relate. So hey, again, thanks for your service. No, you kind of you kind of transitioned to mental health and what you do now after your injury. What what did you feel like? What, mentally, what was broken down? If you don't mind me asking that, what what was mentally broken down? And how did you take that, right? Maybe just a negative situation and turn into a positive now, right? So now mm-hmm. people go through all types of things when they're injured, even going through surgery, when you're preparing for surgery, you have to be mentally prepared for that. So how would you, yeah. how did you take that situation and put a positive spin on it and then, and then go so far with it? I, I was hit with a landmine, so I had an open tip hip fracture, so my leg was, was uh, busted. Um, additional, so I had some MTBI. So traumatic brain injury. I played football, did track and field, used to being active and then having to go to that where, hey, I'm, I'm laid up for six months. I had some infection in my leg too, just from, you know, bacteria and things. So all the way to the thought of maybe losing the leg, right? And I have wow. my leg and everything, things good now, but I had to 
you know, kind of deal with that. But even on, on the, the mental health side and the emotional side is like you're saying what was broken. Somewhere like the military academy, man, our determination and our will is like a key mark there, right? You you had to be determined. You had to have a will that's like ironclad that mm-hmm. you can will, your, will yourself to do so many different things. And, and I can tell you, man, that was like the first thing that I really noticed after getting injured, going through lawn stool, you know, Bagram lawn stool, then going to, to Walter Reed. I remember kind of coming to myself and realizing, man, I didn't have the ability to control my my urges my desires and really having that ability to say okay i can i can shut things down and that was like the first thing i i kind of noticed that was kind of broken in me it felt like i didn't have that that ability to 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 do it like i once had so kind of working through that man i had to i had to rebuild a foundation of what it meant now that my life looked like this and I was working in this particular space where my life was now the foundation wasn't going to be my strength to to always resist this or that or this or that so I had to find a a way to to create a foundation of saying these are the principles these are the things that I I now are going to rely on more than than just my own internal will right so most of the time yeah I think we see that in the veteran community man where we felt like we're we're self-reliant and when you, you're dealing with post-traumatic stress and then when you leave the military too in the veteran community, you know, you realize like, man, I need some people that are watching my back that are surrounding me. So having that support network, I, I began to learn how to really deal with that, how to rely on a support network, how to say, hey, man, I need someone, have a mentor, have people to say, I need someone to watch that's watching my back. And for me, you know, being a, a Christian that involved the church too, right? It involved the, the many components of my community. So that that's kind of where I, where I initially started, man. Not everybody is as strong-willed, you know, as, as you are. What kind of guidance can you give others that may be, you know, in a similar situation to kind of, you know, maintain that, that strength and that, and that willpower? Yeah, I'll say the first thing, man, is just one, finding some people that you can trust right and, and having the humility to say okay i need some help uh, you know i thank god kind of you know not that i got injured but it also showed me how much i need other people and mm-hmm. i need god also right like mm-hmm. most importantly need god right that the portion and the components were that a i could rely on do things on my own strength right i could i could do all these different things and, and that's that's the mentality right we, we were kind of in the military hey you can figure yeah. anything out. You can walk through anything, man. You can do blah, 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 right? And that was, <laughs> that's that's in our mind. That's our mindset. It makes us successful. Also, if you have any maladjustments or anything like, especially mental health, it will cause us to just hit our heads into the wall. So it's, a, it's allowing one to say, okay, I, I may be off a little bit. So having that humility to say, can someone check me? Just like we had as a battle buddy or we had as a first son or platoon leader, whoever it was, man, they could, could check me and say, hey, hey, you're a little bit off asthma, man. We need to we need to check this. And I think that's why it's so important, specifically with families. Like, you know, my, my wife is one person that can check me. And I have a couple like Cliff, you know, you talked about and a few others mm-hmm. that can say, hey, what's going on, man? I see, I see you're doing this. What's, what's up with that? That can, but you have to be willing to give someone permission. And I think that's the thing that we're dealing with in the veteran community where I work with a lot of veterans is that we haven't given someone the permission. And most of the time we say it's our, it's our, it's our spouse 
but then that causes conflict because you know it feels like you know they're getting on us they're they're nagging us or whatever it is but we have to give them permission saying hey when you see that i'm off my rocker or you see that something just bothered me or whatever so having that first humility to say hey, i need some help and it doesn't have to be the formal thing man. I, I work in i do mental health as a licensed professional counselor but i also develop peer support networks someone that's not licensed as a counselor but are actually peers Mm -hmm. that can that can just reach out to someone and say hey see something's going on you know can we talk can we go have lunch can we have coffee whatever in our community so that they have the basic skills to, to provide support but they also feel you know the, the, the veteran would feel more willing to talk to someone that hey this is not a counselor it's just a friend right but yeah. they're trained in a certain way so definitely see it as valuable God damn! wow you hit on some some tough points and excellent points actually i mean will permission when I was in the military, I got the same mindset, like even just going through it. Well, my first night I, I slept, um, I think they had to sleep. They had a sleep in at attention. I was in the air force. They had a sleep in, sleep in at attention. I, I just, I was looking <laughs> up at the ceiling. I was like, man, what the hell did I get myself into? So, uh, yeah. I really wasn't mentally prepared for that. But then once I started going through it, you're right. I started feeling like, man, I could do this by myself. You know, I'm, I'm more of a man now that than my other friends or those around me because I'm actually out here doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm in the ground in the trenches getting it done, right? Mm -hmm. So I saw myself as an individual and I didn't really give my thanks, my credit due to God because I thought everything that I've done, that I created, that I went through in my life was all due to me and only me. Yeah. And then, man, I had, a, I had a real transitional moment where it was just like, I just didn't have the will to do anything. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I was completely broken. And then it was my friends who were actually there for me, my family who was there for me, and, and they had to really check me like, hey, yo, this isn't you. You gotta mm -hmm. get back on it and, and keep it going. Until this day, I really don't know where I would be if I didn't allow my friends to check me. If I kept, if I stayed with that same mindset of, you know, everything I do is on my own, yeah. I, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm becoming closer with my religion and realizing that it's not it's 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 nowhere near just me <laughs> that, has, that gives myself the will to do that you know what i mean there's thanks for touching on those points man like that and, was that was deep yeah and I, i'm gonna piggyback on that being in the air force also that first night is, is, a, is a doozy you develop that mental breakdown and they don't mean to to break you down they they're trying to remove some of your bad habits and really make you become as one and i think that's why we all that's the same we all have the same hairstyle where they, they shave our heads no mm -hmm. facial hair or anything so it's more than just a mental breakdown but it's guiding us to like hey we're all the same we're going to you're going to we're going to be your brother your sister in, in unity mm -hmm. to to connect us and and again it's, it's that that mentality thing of being prepared doing things as one. And like you said earlier, having that support system. And over time, I too learned that you needed to have a support system in place, not, not even, you know, in the military, but, you know, growing more with family. What we touched upon is growing more in our faith. We all see these memes and, and different things, but sometimes we don't necessarily apply these things that are effective in our faith. And so I definitely agree with having that preparedness that we can do within ourselves and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say one thing to all the listeners 
and you too, Alton. I know, I mean, Becky, everyone's mind probably thinking, man, these guys are in the Air Force, but it was rough, all right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I was going to say something, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was rough in the air conditioning. So, <laughs> oh man, I always worked with y'all, Tack P's, man. Y'all, y'all was good. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. And then just bringing the mental preparedness, I want to talk about like you know on on a procedure. Say, I think about a year ago, I had I had a, a LASIK surgery done in my eyes, and they mm -hmm. told me they they said, man, you will be fine in a day. So I was thinking, man, I could go back to work later on that afternoon. And I took, I took my hour, two hours nap, whatever they said to do. And as soon as I woke up, I couldn't, I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't see anything. So oh, wow. mentally I was thinking like, shit, I'm probably never going to see again. So it's just like people yeah. that go through surgery or, or procedures like that. If you don't educate yourself, if you don't have somebody there for support or to sponsor yeah. you, right. Or to look after yes. you mm -hmm. and you don't know what's going on yourself. You're not mentally ready for that because it's 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 kind it can be a life changing moment whenever you go for any type of procedure. I feel when I when I was recovering at Walter Reed, right? They they had surgery, man. They put a a, a rod and nails and screws in my leg, man, to kind of keep my you know see if my bone would regrow and then keep my leg. So you know after a few times, man, it, it worked and it was beginning to to heal. But they put mm -hmm. they put me on anytime you have like this bone injuries like that, they put you on some strong medication. So I, at one time I was on morphine, I was on Percocet all at the same time, Percocet and then wow. this uh this uh it's a derivative of morphine called Dilaudid. Man, and and those things, you know, having those medications were I mean, it got so bad for me is that you know, one time I, my son was very young at this time. I had him right before I went to Af Afghanistan and he was mm -hmm. young and I, I had given him some, I had given him a lick of ice cream and, you know, he was, uh, he maybe six months, something like that. And then he started crying, you know, because his stomach was hurting and all that stuff, man. But at that point, my, I went crazy because of kind of everything that was going on, man. I couldn't, I couldn't control my emotions like I was telling you. And I, I would go to a place and I, I would just kind of go hysteric. But it was wow. due to all the medication and dealing with the post-traumatic stress and all those type of things, man. So I kind of went to a place where I said, okay, I need to get rid of that. But before I, I got rid of the medication, man, I had to do exactly what you said, man. Now I'm gonna have to do this because I want to keep my mind. I want to make sure that I don't go crazy on my wife and kids and mm -hmm. all that stuff. I gotta, I gotta get rid of this medication, but I'm gonna be in pain. I'm not gonna be able to sleep. But counting the cost, right? I had to count the cost first before I said I'm, I'm gonna put this down the toilet, so that I can say, okay, I'm not gonna be able to sleep for maybe a next month, you know, until mm -hmm. my leg heals enough. I'm, I gotta keep it up, even in the dark nights, you know. And I remember laying up, and I had, I had to go outside and get like this lawn chair, man, and like one that you kind of lean back on and put your foot up, and you can, you can raise it. So I had to sleep in that at night times. But it was it was one of those things though that I had to count the cost because I said I wanted to make sure that my mind and that I was okay and that I wasn't going to lose my family or any of those those things during that time. So it's like I prepare, I prepare, but I have to write it and see a list, right? You know, you have to know, like you were mentioning, like knowing that these are the potential things that can happen, and that me and my wife were willing to take those risks because the alternative was was unacceptable. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like you're saying that mental preparedness is so important in so many facets of our life. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Let's say for uh, like, like I just want to talk about uh, African-American black guys, black men in this oh, culture, yeah. right? Yes. How often I, I do believe that seeing a therapist or, or someone that you can talk to and unbiased about your problem, the situation, what you're going through is extremely beneficial. But how often would you say that we should do something like that? What would you recommend as far as seeing a therapist or seeking out someone that's unbiased? And how often should we be doing that? I think if you, you know, obviously if you have some uh, a maladjustment, so if you have a mental health condition, you, you need to get it as often as you, you can, weekly, on a weekly basis, kind of but, working but what that. about what about if you don't even have a condition? Like me, I, I may think I'm perfectly fine, right? Yeah. But I mean, I do have my good days and my bad days. Yes. So I, I would say, you know, for me, maybe twice a month, right? You know, every other week, you know, and I do this with a lot of veterans, particularly those that are transitioning from the military to mm-hmm. civilian life, because there's so much uncertainty there. And then also within our climate right now, that political climate and the, and the civil unrest, mm-hmm. I'm seeing those on maybe every every two week basis, every week. It, it, it just depends mm-hmm. how, how you can get that ease. But I, I think it's very important, man, for us to, to have someone. And it can be in, in mental health now, you can do like the mental health counseling, but you can also do the life coaching side of it, where it's mm-hmm. really just, A, these are some tools that we can help you with. How do you manage and you set in, 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 into your life or these priorities? You were talking to, you know, as we think about mental preparedness, you know, there's certain things like what you guys are doing with this podcast, how you're, you're doing things within the medical field. You know, there's a certain, there was a certain decision that you made to say, hey, I'm going to go into this field and I'm, I want to make a difference. So just mm-hmm. like us as African-American males, we sometimes go into our culture and say, hey, I want to be a difference maker. You know, so for me, I, that's why I work with the, the chaplains with the police department. You know, that's why I, I said I'm going to go sit within my school board, do different things within my community. So there's a positive black male, right? You know, mm-hmm. some of those uh, typical things. But when all this stuff happened with George Floyd and all that stuff, man, it made me question even the work that I was doing with the police and other other entities, right? It's like, man, mm-hmm. is anything working or any improving? But that's when that mental preparedness comes back to, to help you because you've already sat down and you already wrote a list and you've already said these are what I'm this is what I'm committing my time and my life to so that's that's kind of what a a a counselor will help you do say okay let's let's think through this man I know this emotion is hard man this this is a tough emotion that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with we're we're seeing murder on on our tv screens or our, our phone screens right but like at the same time this is what I've committed my life to so how do we process through these tough emotions to these tough things that you have to deal with, right? It hits home, I served my country. It was supposed to be better. All these thoughts that come up that, that kind of contradict themselves, but I still, I still love this place or I still wanna make it better, but mm-hmm. I feel like this or that. And working through those emotions so you can still keep that life goal and that life agenda still set, right? Because in time, we know in times of, of crisis and adversity, man, we can't make a real sharp turn. We got to make sure that we're steady, right? We're steady and we're, and we're, we're doing it purposeful and with intention. People perceive mental health as being a weakness. They may not want to seek any counsel or advisors or, or help. In my opinion, they will relate me- mental health as, as being weak. You're not strong-minded. But yet, we're quick to go to the gym and build up our muscles. We're mm. quick to get an education and something else. But... 
when I hear the phrase mental health, I think, okay, well, there's something wrong with, you know, with that person. So it's weak. How do we overcome that? I think one, one of the main things to overcome that is kind of thinking about when we talk about physical health too, right? Like, you know, there's components of that, of, of that going to see a doctor, but also going to the gym or walking or lifting weights, right? We have to look at it and say, okay, this is what I'm doing to take care of myself. You know, when we see just like as a counselor, as someone, because, you know, historically, if, if you want to see a psychologist or psychiatrist or counselor, it was mean that you were diagnosed with this particular mental health issue and that you're going to have to deal with this all your life. Right. So, the, you know, things have progressed and things have increased where, you know, and we just work, work you through a particular concern. Hey, I'm having a little difficulty with my adjusting my life after the military or now working as an entrepreneur and balancing the different tasks in my life. Now I'm at a place where, you know, I just need someone to, to kind of help me walk in, walk through some things I have in my mind, where it's more of a, hey, I'm coming in and we're, we're, it's assisted. It's just assisting. Right. So talking to someone and saying, hey, you know, just as you would go check in and, and look at your blood pressure and all these things and go to the gym and say, I'm going to run this, this amount of time on the treadmill and lift this amount of weights. Hey, I need someone to go check in with, make sure, Hey, am I still hitting the goals? You know, the thing about counseling is the goals aren't my goals. The goals are your goals. Whoever's coming in. Hey, these are the things that I want to set as my goals. Can you keep it as a benchmark? Hey, so when you come in the next time, Hey, you talked about this, what have you done? what's preventing it, what's causing you to, to be disturbed emotionally so that you can't finish it, right? So mm -hmm. seeing it as just, hey, come in, check in, man. These are your goals, this is your, this is your life, this is how you, you take care of yourself. Here we are, you know, that type of mentality. What I, what I battle with is feeling that, not, not like battle with, but just sometimes when you could be in a situation where you're just having a bad day or where you just go off and it's, I think when you, have that mind frame of like, hey, man, you know, you might need to go see help or you might need to go see a therapist just to talk about things. Like Keith said, people do get a little out of whack for it. So I guess sometimes it's also understanding how to find the help, right? Like, and I know yeah. that telehealth, telehealth is, is something that I know the video conferences, a lot of, uh, a lot of mental health providers are doing that now. So where you can do it from home. But I feel like a lot of people and even myself, I'll say how to find that right the right help, the right therapist, the, someone you can actually connect with, right? Because it's not easy. So I guess that that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners do too, right? We all know that we have something wrong, but where do we go to find the help? We are so reliant on self-medicating, meaning <laughs> that if there's something wrong, we're going to not seek advice from others, but we're going to try to find something that can be a, a quick fix. Like what can my doctor prescribe me to overcome this. It's just a norm. We look at prescribing, getting prescribed a drug to overcome a situation, but it, it may only be a temporary relief. It may not be something that can uh, be beneficial for the long term. So I think the combination of not having a, a good support system, but then relying on you know prescription medication can also alter our effects and how we pursue things and grow in the long term. And I know for in my generation, like my father, my grand, my grandfather and my uncles, we as black folks, man, we don't do that, right? We, we, we don't go talk to people about our problems, man. We, we take care of us, ourselves. We, we, just, we just grit our teeth and go through it, right? So as, you, as we know in 
the, the physiological body, right? That there's, that's why, you know, as black, sometimes we have higher blood pressure, we have diabetes, right? Because mm. we look at, we look at our nervous system, which that's, that's the thing that's responding to our emotions. It's the same thing that triggers our endocrine system, which is with the diabetes, with the other uh, sleep, sleep uh, symptoms, right? Somatic stuff. And then also with our heart, right? They're all moving along the same systems. So whenever you have a strong emotion, you, you bottle it up, it goes to your nerve endings and your nerve bundles, and then it, it's causing a reaction in your body like your heart your heart is is pumping harder or faster for longer periods of time now you're you're having you're doing something like sugar or or alcohol to, to cause that response to say okay this is the only way i feel relief so mm-hmm. we we've done that for generations right it wasn't available to us that's what wasn't our culture but now as we're saying okay we want to be well we, we have to take that all into account right it's all all these systems are working together they're not independent they're together and if my mental health is okay, then my blood pressure has a better chance to work. If my mental health is all right, then my endocrine system and my sleep and all these other systems in, within me, they work together. They're not isolated. Kind of having that education portion is important too. Do you think that employers should offer mental health to their employees? And, and I guess what I'm saying is offer access to it, meaning that they will pay for a session, a quarter or something, because I, I've noticed that in some healthcare plans that they may not support going to see a mental health professional. Well, so well, kind of like, kind of like yeah. billions, you know, have you ever seen that show often billions where they have that, uh-huh. that, uh, what was the name? I can't remember. They had the therapist in office, <laughs> right? Yeah, Is that you going with it? Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she's more of a, a life coach to really, and, and, and I think that's different because the, the scale is, 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 different and i'm very familiar with that that program billions but you know even before i was aware of of, of that of that show people in my office that i worked in were, were talking about hey i need to go see somebody but it's not covered by my insurance plan and some, sometimes that was a deterrent because they didn't want to go and spend extra money on yeah. if they're living paycheck to paycheck or something else but they're paying their insurance premium then we look at it as well hey why isn't my insurance picking up at least an hour per quarter or something? So it's one yeah. of those things where I, I, I think that employers should offer Man, man you get me excited, dude. Honestly, this is what I've been pushing, man. Like, you know, my, my, my counseling center, man, that's where we, we've been connecting with businesses. So when I was saying I was doing consultant, that, that's the consultant work that I do, right? Because you have the EAP program, Employee Assistant Programs. And they're usually either through telephone or sometimes virtual on a computer, but it's usually maybe six sessions and it depends how good that works. Right. So you have that in some companies, but smaller companies, entrepreneurial companies, you you don't have that. Right. It's just the insurance and it, it may cover it may cover up to a certain amount. You have a copay. But I've been pushing specifically before COVID, but now even since COVID, where a company you're looking for a solution for mental health, we can provide this, right? Where we can give you, because a lot of the mental health is really getting people to understand how emotional health is dealt with in their industry, 
right? Like mm-hmm. in the healthcare industry, there's a particular emotional things that you have to deal with that is different than say the insurance industry or real estate industry. So kind of tailoring programs to that where they have quarterly quarterly briefings, hey, this is what's going on. This is what the CDC says about your industry that you guys are on the, the suicide watch list in this industry, you know, those type of things. And then offering that counseling on the background, on the back end twice a quarter, you know, to all your employees through Insight Counseling Center or whatever. So that's kind of the things that we've been building. And that's definitely a need, right? Because Mm -hmm. as as we think about if we're trying to build and take care of our people, we got to provide for their mental health. Yeah, and I I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, definitely. I'm right there with you on that one, man. That's that's what I'm pushing. We work with a, a nonprofit organization that work with first responders. And I'm sure those guys see things that most of us will never see in our lives and it can have an impact on them. And so they may need some kind of mental health guidance. And when I think about these big corporations, every year they may have their annual meeting, annual sales meeting, and they'll bring in a motivational speaker. Well, at the same time, they should they should offer say, hey, we're gonna offer you with mental health guidance. They only offer it after somebody within the company passes away, oh, we're gonna give you some time to to grieve and do this. But I think, you know, we all grieve in our own right. And sometimes we need that guidance. We need that support system. And not yes. just when something traumatic happens, but ongoing to build us up stronger. So I'm right there with you as far as we should make it like they do smoking cessation programs. They yeah. should offer yeah. this as, as well. Like, look, hey, if you need this, and they said, these employees have opted to do smoking cessation. We're going to give you uh, a mental health guidance or something. So yeah. yeah, and you know, I think even if they don't go through the full thing, like we were saying, provide the free free mental health. At least having some therapists that are vetted that can work, right? That, that hey, this is the people that we refer to in our community right here that know how to deal with this particular. You know, like you said, secession, addictions, whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the time we just rely on the on the insurance companies to say, okay, this is persons that's in network. They, they said they're vetted, but no one from the company, HR, anyone else has ever dealt with any of them, so they don't know what know what even that provider provides, right? They couldn't mm-hmm. be, you know. And a lot of people sometimes go to a counselor and they're they're discouraged, like, man, that was terrible. I won't ever go back. So you have someone that's now closed off to mental health. Right, you know, so making sure that that process is vetted is important. Yeah, that's smart actually. That makes a lot of sense because then that that answers the question of where to find the help. You know, if you if you work for a company that is vetted, right, then they can say, hey, we you know we we're going to refer you to these, and then you know it's within your insurance network because for the company you work for. That's that's, yeah. that's pretty smart. I like that. Well, you know, Alton, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I really appreciate you joining us today. Before we end, though, can you give listeners maybe, I guess, some some tips, maybe how do you prepare every morning, every day, where, I guess, when you, or when you're going through something, difficult times, what do you, like, what are some good tips you use to mentally prepare yourself or get yourself back on track and go about your day? I appreciate you guys having me on me on here. Definitely um, enjoyed it and just listen to your perspective. The things that I, I like to do, one, like I mentioned before, prayer is very important to me, right? Because, you know, each day I like to pray just because it, it takes the pressure off my shoulder. 
right? We sometimes have the feeling and thought that, hey, it all depends on me. So we work like it depends on me, but we know that it doesn't really depend on me. We need exterior help. We need all that. So prayer is kind of taking those things off and giving them to, to God. But even in addition to that is, is being intentional about your days and your weeks. So sometimes in those that are in entrepreneurs, we just say, okay, we got to get these sales. We have to get these things done, this amount of things. But starting at the beginning of your week, like a Sunday or, or a Monday, saying this is the things that are my focus for this week. And you can do it longer month, you know, quarter, yearly, but really just personally for you. All right, these are the things that I, are, that are must do. I need to talk to this type of per this person. I need to work on this and this and this, right, throughout the week. And then looking at it daily. So on a, on a daily basis, I look at my schedule. I make sure I, I kind of look at my calendar, make sure I know what's kind of going on with that and, and making sure that I'm thinking intentionally toward all those. Not that I'm stressing, not that it's overwhelming, but hey, I prepared for this, I'm ready for this, I'm ready for that. Right, having those check checkpoints. But also remembering your strengths is very important. Like for me, mental health, being able to problem solve, a few things like that. Just reminding myself of those things that I innately have. Those and then also the people that, I'm in love with and love me like because it's important to have that correct emotional space each morning like man I love my wife man I love my I love my son I love my you know my daughter kind of thinking about them they love me like being in those right relationships give you support other than just when I need them I can think on them and it elicits a good emotion right so kind of having that right emotions as you're going through the day but really Planning out your day is important, not saying every minute, but saying these are the things that I have and this is kind of where I'm ending my day. I'm ending my day at 9.30, I'm ending my day at 10 and this time is relaxed time. So kind of doing those things to prepare yourself to say, this is what I'm going through this, this week and this day. And it, and it, gives, it gives you a, a sense of ownership too and authority over your day.